This is Lead Stories. I'm Utrecht Lead, and we're going to tack on a little bit to yesterday's program about elections. What are they supposed to mean, and are you feeling it, as they say? Or are you over it? Is something else supposed to happen to engage you and to keep you uh, interested in politics and how communities continue to fare. Uh, it's going to be pretty rough pretty soon because too many things are happening at the same time and all in the same arena of politics, of course. So that you get the sense that it overrides everything else. You know, education, employment, and so forth. People are paying attention to politics. And in the case of uh, the, the Powerball, people are paying attention to big, big, super cash money. But we do have to resist a little bit and calm down and center ourselves and ask the question, what is it really that this nation, as a nation, what is it that we are pursuing as a nation? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? Talking about money all the time and who won the Powerball and, you know, it it gets sickening after a while because the very same people who tell us that we need to begin to concentrate on what's important, very important, and that is those things that are of concern to us all, employment, gainful employment, adequate housing, a good education for all, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, you're looking at what is it that a person right now can safely begin, begin to plan for in his or her life and pursue it in a sequential way and they achieve it, just like the old days. You have an inkling early in life that you want to be, say, a dentist. And you just keep building your blocks. You go to dental school. First, you get exposure to the field of dentistry. And that may be even in high school. You go to college. You you build. That's gone. That's done. <laughs> you know, that's done now. Um, certain careers were not impossible for people to be uh, thinking about, even when they didn't have the money. But they could start thinking about and envisioning themselves being in a particular profession. And, you know, working hard and working methodically, they'll achieve it. Not now. Life has become so distorted 
that even people when they get elected, look at who we had for president. A liar, a cheat, a, a, a compulsive predator, sexual predator. And it's still going on. Because the system liked what they saw in Donald Trump. And then Donald Trump returned the favor. He allowed himself to be, he allowed himself, I'm being facetious in saying allowed himself. He got them, he organized his ascent into politics and into eventually leadership of the greatest country in the world. Okay. But look who he is. Look at, do you want this man living next door to you? Do you want a Donald Trump as a friend? Let alone, he is the leader. You see this referenced all the time. The leader, he was, at least when he was president, leader of the free world with the total capacity to obliterate anybody he wanted to obliterate. The awesomeness of his power in the hands of a person you can't trust at all. And he's still there. Like VD, he wouldn't go away. (laughs) He's there. And the whole nation basically reorganized itself to embrace him, to accept him. And so he became the typical American now. He is a leader. He's a leader. They expunged this man of all the evils that he had done and been, rewrote a whole new biography and gave him permission to put his thumb on that uh, button that could obliterate half the world. This is what, I, I, I marvel at this. No other country, it seems to me, in the world would be as casual as this country is about electing or appointing the wrong people to such positions where they have awesome power. And then they add to the the myth, and that is when you elect a person like this, he has no fear. And neither should you. You should feel safe and secure. He is the right person for the job. A total misfit, it seems to me, in every sense of the word. This man does not belong in office. And there are many like him. Many like him. 
when I first came to New York and went to high school, I had to go to high school. I had already graduated, but the feeling was, well, you come from a little colonial country. What could you know? (laughs) How could you dare compare your education to what we have here. We have real education. Okay, great. So I gave the person a passage in Latin. I said, now, tell me what this says. And I got a look, a withering look. I was not supposed to know that. Only he was supposed to know that because he had American credentials. You see, he was teaching people. And he couldn't, just simple sentences, just about five sentences in a paragraph. And he could make neither heads nor tails of it. I cracked up. I thought it was funny. The United States keeps putting its people at risk of being thought of as fools, as idiots. And it really is, when it comes down to it, the wrong people are in the right jobs for the most part. When you get educated in many countries outside of the United States, you've gotten an education, my friend. You don't have the books, you don't have the equipment, you don't have sometimes even the desk to sit at. But the expectation is that you embrace this whole concept of learning and evolving because it is it is not going to be too long before you are put in a position of authority and influence and responsibility. And I bring the parallel again today. What is a louder? Just show up and flick this switch and press that knob and you're done? Or is citizenship something much more involved, much holier than that, where the average person, and I don't like to use the word average in this sense, but I can't think of anything else right now, should be as equipped as the president in making good judgments about how you run a country. You could take it down several pegs and say how you run a city. Take it down further. How do you run a neighborhood group? It's the same thing. But these skills don't just enter your head. 
you have to be taught. And you have to make yourself available to being taught. Not so in the United States. That's not necessary. What is important is you have to have the right look. You have to be handsome if you're a man. You have to be sexy if you're a woman. All these things have no application at all in your ability to handle things on a daily basis that immediately affect people's lives. And they can sense it and they can see it and they will thank you for it, for being responsible. Now, that is inculcating in the average person a sense of good citizenship. That's what you're supposed to do. That's how you're supposed to feel. You have this runaway circus in Washington, D.C. And people keep talking about the White House. You're an idiot in the White House. What does that make you? (laughs) You can say you're president if you want. But people who are watching you and and measuring you up against people they recognize as leaders, you're an idiot. And if you do anything well, it would be screwing up this country. You have no shame. You have no conscience. You have no applicable education. You have no talent. You have only in your head that you have the power to be whatever it is you want to be and still call yourself president. And every X number of years, every four years, they call people out like lemmings, report to your local school and cast your vote for this guy. Here's the one you want. This is where we are as a nation. And yet it is not viewed as a crisis. Quite the opposite. We sold the bill of goods that what we experience every four years is democracy. How could you call that democracy? What is democratic about that? The same type of people ascend and the same types of people put them in office. And we try it again in the next four years. And we complicate things. We put things in place to make people think this is a very complicated thing. Because people have to think. They have to assess. They have to study the impact of what they do on this thing with this thing called democracy. 
because this is shameful, beyond shameful. You have to have some shame if you could experience shamefulness, but not here. It's okay. We'll take it. We'll take you. You're an idiot, but you're all right by me. You're a Democrat. See, I don't get that. I don't get that philosophy. And it's not just a philosophy. Let's face it. This is this is how things are done. This is our definition of citizenship. Responsible citizenship. We show up. They already have primed the pump so that we know who to vote for, whom to obey, who to cast our vote with, and then you disappear for another four years. And it's so clear this system needs to be overhauled. It has it has lasted as long as it could last without open warfare. People have been dumbed down, they have been ignored, they have been cajoled, they have been talked to like they're stupid children. And they're expected to embrace it all. Somebody tells you this is the, this is American democracy. What are you going to say? No, it's not. And people are traveling all over the country, and there are thousands of American flags waving in the wind, and there's this long line of official cars transporting very mediocre, and I'm being kind, very mediocre people from one place to go campaign in another place. This is what, this is the ritual. And I am continually surprised that most Americans find nothing wrong with it. They don't find it insulting that this is what democracy has come to mean. Anybody Waking up tomorrow and feeling, you know what, I feel kind of presidential this morning. I think I'll run for the United States president office. And there's no big hubbub about it. After all, this is what they've been preaching all these years. You could be average as average you could be. But you have a good heart. Run for president. And we put you on the cycle and we get people to travel along with you, make, make you look like a big deal. But you, you're a blithering idiot. At some point, 
we, the so-called people, will have to step up to the plate and say, this is not what we want. We don't want the charade. We don't want the silliness that goes on every four years. We don't want incompetent people who think, well, I'm a doctor, so I I must be smart. I could learn things. No, you can't. (laughs) Go run your office. You haven't been trained in this field of endeavor of how a person becomes a president. How is a person to be prepared for the presidency as, a, as a, an effective leader? Look at who we had. Look at whom we have had as the chief officer of the land. And you tell me that you're not embarrassed by that. Tell me it doesn't embarrass you. Or it didn't embarrass you when Trump was president. This guy who should be locked away for permanent psychological training and counseling, that's the guy you're calling president? Okay, so he's your president. What happens if I don't want him to be my president? Well, it means that he will have more people in favor of him being president than I would have people saying, no, he shouldn't be. With about 25 years of constant, deep counseling, he might might pull out of the morass that he's in. But I don't recognize him as my president at all. I would be ashamed to refer to him as the president of the as the president of the people of the United States. What a tragedy that is. And no sooner have we come out of the tragedy, people are planning for the next one. Will we ever stop this? Will we ever get rid of this? Will we ever come back to our senses and say we cannot and will not tolerate this? You're way beneath the threshold of intelligence. We have instances, people are raising them more and more in the open now, of presidents who are really crooks. I mean, serious crooks. Did you steal a batch of gold that went missing? Did you order a hit on the president of such and such country? 
Are you dealing under the table with the people that you proclaim loudly are the enemies of America? But not necessarily yours. Because you trade each other with, uh, you steal money here, you invest it there. That's what it has come to. These people couldn't pass a simple ethics test if, it, if their lives depended on it. And yet, these are the games that are being played with the highest office in the land, and people are encouraged. They're getting all worked up about protecting this office and the office holder. And that's what we've got. And, and the people say very little, if anything. There are dogs far more loyal with better etiquette than many of the people elected to office. They're, they're true. They are true to what it is they're there for, more so than presidents of the United States. But we're supposed to be impressed with this stuff. There has been no open, sustained examination of Donald Trump's presidency yet, nor the Clintons. We did a very detailed analysis here on this program about the criminals who were in the White House, about the millions of dollars that disappeared after the storm hit Haiti, and there was all this so-called aid being directed to rebuild Haiti. Well, where, where did the money go? The houses that should have been built by now. Money's vanished. Nobody's asking because they know. They know the answer. The money was stolen by people who occupied the highest offices of the land. And they got away with it. Because no one had the courage to say, these are liars. These are thieves. These are scoundrels. They don't deserve to shine the shoes of an average Haitian. See, we're not serious. We're playing games. But if you listen to our schizophrenic nature, if you pay attention to it, you'd see that we 
demand the highest standards from others. Look what we got. Look at what we have. Time and again, when they talk about Trump, they talk about the the money, the volume of money that was washed by su- supposed enemies of the United States, enemies of democracy. Yeah, they're in bed together with Trump. The president. No hearings. No inquiry. And he continues to run that tired line and people are eating it up. I'm the greatest, stealing Muhammad Ali. You know Muhammad Ali. You don't have a teaspoon worth of his integrity. So shut up about integrity. (laughs) You don't qualify. So when we talk, I would like us to individually and collectively re-examine this concept of leadership and of good citizenship. Is that what we have? Is that what we have? Some of the, the worst people in office, wielding power they should never even come close to, but they have it. Spending all kinds of money. I talked about the president's son some time ago. He is now a senior advisor to President Biden. Not too long ago, he was falling out in the street with a crackhead overdose in the street. He finds himself appointed to some major corporation. And guess what? He's a policymaker now for the United States. And it gets even more absurd. Because of his official position, unquote, he gets his rent covered to the tune of more than $20,000 a month. (laughs) You see what I mean? All that, all that talk. And look what you're doing. The same with the with the Trumps. They're all senior this and senior that and such and such advisor. 
That's fascinating because we don't see the product at all. They operate just like any other gang, like any other set of crooks. But the saving grace for crooks is they, they tell you, I'm a crook. Has anybody yet asked, what does Mrs. President actually do for income? What is her job, if we dare use the word? That lady went to a, uh, uh, <laughs> a cosmetic surgeon, got her eyes all squinty permanently. This is now part of her look. This is part of what she traffics in dealing with the highest levels of leaders in the world. This is the person who represents or co-represents the country. That's what we got. A squinty-eyed person, squinty by design. We are joking, is what I've been saying. We should not be taken seriously because we don't take these things seriously. I bet you the minute the people who are asked to come out and vote, the minute there is even a tacit revolt among them, where the people say, we're not going with this. We're not playing games. And we are not going to allow you to play games with our lives. When we get to that point, then we go back to the table and start from square one in terms of resetting this power equation in which we, the people, have no power. And we're okay with it. We ought to have a come-to-Jesus meeting about this. Does it bother you that you don't have power, or does it, does it not matter to you at all? I'll take a little break and get some questions in or comments. At 888-874-4888, I did not intend to hog as much time as I did today, but some things need to be said. And we should not shy away from the reality that we're living in. We should, as they say, they used to say anyway, make it plain. Don't tell me this is a, an election. How can you tell me it's an election? When everything is fixed up behind closed doors, deals are cut, people have been paid. Results have been in, 
and you then hold your, your public your public charade and you call it an election. Okay, maybe you're nuts. My thing is, I'm not. I'm not nuts. And there's, there are millions of people who are like me. We see what is happening. And we have to put an end to it. We have to stop it. Because we will then have no excuse when people start talking about complicity. That would be us. Let's take this little break and come right back. Eight 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 seven four four eight 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 is the number to call. I get the feeling that we're losing each other. It could be an effect of the storm approaching uh, South Florida, but we're kind of cracking up, and not in a good way. <laughs> eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. Don't mind me, just. Tell me whether I'm making sense or not to you. And we can talk at that level. That'd be great. 888-874-4888 is the number to call. And let's hear what you have to say. We don't have nearly the same kind of time that we devote typically to the chat portion. But... uh, Ambassador Crane from New York, you're on the air. Hi, Eutrice. Um, Hello. Well, firstly, to your um, monologue, I would call it, and uh, I understand, and the the real, I've been studying this now for the past, you know, I've just recently begun to deep deep after COVID to try to figure out how to create. Are you hearing me clearly? Yes, it is cracking up a little bit, though. But could you How's please that? tell us? Oh, How's this that? is better, much better. Okay, How's there you go. Hey, my uh, the the real ambassador Crane is saying hi. I'm just the representative. <laughs> <laughs> hello, 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 hello. She's a friend of yours. I think you traveled with her often in uh, in her traveling days. So at some point she would like to contact contact you to remind you of your relationship. Sure. I I I can uh, relate because I'm part of the kind of conversation that you're having, which is that the uh, United States has overturned the American experiment. And we don't realize that we have become a colony from the beginning and the whole idea of us was to have an experiment that allowed the 
individual's power to be manifest through the treasury and in the community. So our responsibility to look at the document, which constitutes the Articles of Confederation Republic, our responsibility to look at that constitution as a document within a document and to uphold, the, as Franklin said, when Mrs. Powell asked him, what have you wrought for us, Mr. Franklin? He said, a republic if you can keep it. So the responsibility is to be educated by what the actual lawyers that wrote the Constitution put in that document is on the people. And I can relate that to what's going on with CRT now. Because Donald, uh, I forget the name of the, of the, the lawyer who was teaching it at law school, but his premise was that this is not for the teaching and educational system of the public schools or even private schools. This is a law school premise that needs to be expounded in a law school setting. And people have gone as far as to take it down to kindergarten and to say that people who are teaching children are going to teach children critical race theory. That's ridiculous. Critical thinking requires adulthood. It requires maturity. And before you get to maturity, you have to have mature people around you who can, do, who can direct you toward exam, examples of maturity and ideas about how maturity can manifest in the individual. The Constitution as a document is a mature document. And basically, I just started reading it. Okay? So I'm being totally honest to say that now that I'm beginning to understand that it is a document within a document... It is an idea that's an abstraction that needs to be expressed. The Republic is expressed by the abstractions that are in the document that, have, that are held and, are hold, and hold account to account those who are representatives of your government because it belongs to you as an American. But as a United States citizen, you're a property of the government. So those distinctions are abstract, but those are the distinctions that make a difference. And when we have conversations like this, if we don't come from certain premises and understandings, then it goes over the head of most folk. Yes, it will. But at some point soon, very soon, and very publicly, we should indicate that we know something because we've been taught something and it makes sense to us. And that means what we have been taught so far as we measure it against what we know now, it, it pales in comparison. It, it is practically useless because it is all designed to frustrate people and throw them off from learning the truth about things. And, and we should insist on learning the truth about things. Thanks for calling in. Especially under the wire, just like, like a pro. Thank you very much. All right, let's see. Marcus from Wisconsin, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Eutrice. Thank you for the yeah. highly instructive uh, 
lengthy discourse earlier. Uh, you laid it down. I'm picking it up. Um, okay. You said uh, at one point that life now is distorted. I submit that it always has been uh, yes. in U.S. history and that we were allowed to think that we were in a state of normalcy. Uh, but what we're experiencing now is simply the end result of where we've been headed for many, many decades. Um, and you're right. There, uh, there, there is an idiot in the White House, but it's a mistake to think that the people designing our imperialist eugenics uh, policy are insane and irrational because they aren't the the figureheads that are selected for you uh, it's not necessary that they even be competent they aren't running things and if we pretend that the system itself is just crazy uh, we do ourselves a great disservice because it takes away our realization of the necessity to struggle against it. It's, it's not an accident that the schools have always taught conformity and obedience and patriotism, or that the media is out to stri uh, stir up fear and excitement. That's their business. Politicians are out to get reelected. And none of those three can do anything towards saving the human race from our mutual reciprocal suicide that we're committing. That is our job. That is on us. We are the ones who uh, brought this about, and we're the only ones that can fix it. Now, Ignorance it, it isn't a fault in itself. It only becomes a fault when an individual permits himself or herself to rationalize it, to give it a disguise, which blocks us from the utilization of our intelligence, which might otherwise solve the problem. So we have what we have right now, which is a population that thinks it's involved in meaningful politics, but knows it isn't, and is uh, settled down into a self-satisfied kind of rationalism. But that's really anti-rational. All it is is we just chose to stop at a particular set of abstractions. We all know the only way out of this is not voting. I mean, <laughs> all you have to do is take a look at the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, their most recent paper on the overview of the distribution of wealth in the United States. And what you will see is that virtually all of the people who have the discretionary cash to be able to donate money to politicians are in the top fifth of the population. And they control 70% of all the wealth in the country. And the top 1% are 
more rich, uh, uh, more richer than the remaining 20% at the top. If you're in the bottom 80% of wealth holders in the, in the U.S., you are not represented in the U.S. government at all, at all. There are clear studies that show this. You, you can look them up yourself. Uh, you can Google it and find them. So the problem is, is that we have to overcome our own abstractions that we've decided to stop at and look at the global fascist eugenics program that's being set up for you and realize that the only way you're going to fix this is we have to adapt ourselves to new conditions. Just voting uh, is not going to do it. We're going to have to realize that we're going to have to leave reformism. Reformism isn't going to work. It hasn't and it won't. We're going to have to go toward revolutionary activity because we are at the choice now. We're at, the, we're at a crossroads. We can either choose to become revolutionaries or be satisfied with being chatterboxes, because that's what we are. And you can only do that until they tell you that being a chatterbox isn't allowed anymore. Well, stick a pin right there, because we will have to continue this tomorrow. Um, I'm game. How about you? I'm all set. Okay. Well, thank you for calling in. Thank uh, you. And also thank you, Ambassador Crane, for making yourself at home. And let's hook up again tomorrow and can continue the conversation. And thank you so much for your attention and for your input today. Bye-bye.